The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by 8 Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella. Well, welcome to another week of Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. My name is Steve Tiber, and I'm hanging out with my friend, Mr. Mike Fiala. Yes, sir. How are you, my man? I am doing real good. I think I'm bounced back just about 100% after our uh, adventure here in Buffalo, which was a great outreach. We yeah. talked about it last week and probably touch on it a little bit here and there, but uh, feeling good. Good. Good to be here. Looking forward to, uh, it's kind of a, <clears throat> I'm going to say a new year. This past year is behind us. I say this every every other show because the future is so much ahead of us we got we never know what disaster is going to happen we don't like them we don't want them but we're going to serve during and we got these some great memories of things that have happened Mm. am i making sense no you are i need another you reflect on the past and you're looking forward to the future i get it okay um i could have made it a little bit more simple (laughs) it's it's all right it's it's all right gotta get your airtime mike come on i always hog the microphone absolutely get get some airtime you know we travel the country we help out families after natural disasters and right now mike we are in the middle of hurricane season we're watching daily and weekly of what's coming but you know we deploy on a day or two days notice um when a hurricane hits or flooding hits or a tornado or snowstorm we have equipment and leaders 181 volunteer leaders who travel from new york to texas to iowa and everywhere in between and we respond within a day or two we cut trees from with chainsaw work and we tarp roofs and we get out homes that flooded and we help people sort through the debris Mm -hmm. to try to find things they can salvage after disaster and mike it looks like it's going to be a busy year for us well, expound on that a little bit. Equipment. I mean, this is a a ministry that has mega equipment. Run through mega that. Mega equipment. I mean, mega pieces. A lot of equipment. Okay. The mega equipment is very large, <laughs> but I like the mega equipment. So, you, you know, Mike, you know, we started after Hurricane Katrina, and in the last four years, in the last 15 years, we've traveled the country and we've served about 60 different communities after disasters, but we do have the shower trailers. We do have the feeding trailers. We do have the bobcats and God's provided bucket trucks to do chainsaw work. We have trailers full of commercial dehumidifiers and fans. So when we got out of house, we can dry it before we spray it for mold. And we do it for free, $55 million of work almost. I mean, we're getting close, Mike. I think by the end of the year, we'll see that that double nickel, but um, all done for free, all in the name of Jesus. Different denominations coming together, all Christian, but coming together to be the hands and feet. The reason I asked that question so we can expound on that is when you donate to the ministry, uh, think about that equipment. Wow. Think about how we're serving people. And uh, there aren't that many, and we are not. We don't have the, the corner on the market, but uh, to, to be hauling all the equipment, there's not too many people to do that. You know, we have about $3.5 million of equipment now, and a lot of it's based in Tupelo, Mississippi, where our national headquarters is based out of, where we do our training of our leaders. We have a Northeast satellite in Buffalo, New York, and a Midwest satellite in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, okay. which is going to be the focus of our show today. About a year ago, Mike, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, our Rapid Response Division deployed quickly because of a derocho, and that's an right. inland hurricane mm-hmm. the winds reached 110 to 125 miles an hour and i think it went for like two hours that's that's, that's crazy to think 110 to 120 for that for two long hours long. yeah guess how many trees were damaged in that city one city cedar rapids iowa i know you got the numbers i cannot imagine 
35,000 trees, Mike. Every 35, home. 35,000. Every home in Cedar Rapids had some type of damage. And today our guest is going to be Pastor Brian Pingle. He is the pastor of uh, First um, Assembly of God in Cedar Rapids, mm-hmm. and his church was severely damaged. But very quickly, when Eight Days Hope deployed, we were there for multiple weeks. We were based at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Cedar Rapids. It took thousands of volunteers there to serve families in need. And uh, Brian Pingle and his church and many other churches very quickly um, you know, they, they helped supply names of people that we can help. They came alongside, they prayed, they, they found ways to connect others with the ministry. And we're going back in the mm. year anniversary, and okay. we're going back, Mike. Uh, it starts next weekend, August next week. 14th okay. through the 21st. We're going to be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and we're still looking for a couple more people that know how to operate a chainsaw. Yep. Can you do that? I was certified, but after they certified me, I think they pulled it. <laughs> they pulled my certification. No, I know I can. I can do the simple. It's got to be on the ground. Oh, for okay. Me. I can't. So you won't get in the bucket truck and go thirty feet above a house to take a tree le- leaning over a roof. Well, if you want me to do the next show, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> if you want the sh- if you want the house to exist after the- right. it's done, no, that's right. No. But you know, it's amazing. Maybe today you're listening and, and you're driving somewhere in North Carolina or in Ohio, and, and you're like, wait a minute, I know how to operate a chainsaw. I'm pretty good at it. Sure. Maybe I do it for a living or I've done it you know, dozens of times. Go to our website, 8daysofhope.com, and submit your email address, and wherever we go anywhere, mm-hmm. in case you can't come with us next week, we'll let you know about that uh, the next outreach. So we're always looking for volunteers. We provide food and lodging. It's free, and you just have to get there. That's it. And really go to the website. Check out some of the uh, – uh, we have the YouTube uh, link there. Uh, check out some of the old older shows. Is there a, Podcast. Say old, podcast. Yeah, oh, older on. broadcast. And you go to the YouTube channel, Mike. Uh, I'll take Mike. another cup of coffee, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm getting there this morning. Here we go. No, it's all right. As he, as he reaches for his coffee again, no, it's all good, brother. It's all good. Yeah, Brian, amazing guy. I'll never forget meeting Brian for the first time. You know, sometimes you meet somebody and there's like an instant connection. Yes. Oh my gosh, mm. Brian's the guy. You're you're gonna love talking to him. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we're gonna do that in a minute. Hey, um, eight days of hope. So we just left Western New York. We did an outreach in the inner city, which was kind of like a one-off project, working with businesses and churches in Western New York. But as we get ready to go to Cedar Rapids next week, we also have another arm of the ministry, Mike. We build safe houses for those rescued from sex trafficking. And we do such an important thing and that we need to bring a, a greater awareness of what's going on with this too. Yeah, let's do that for a couple of minutes. Let, let's do that. I, let's just pivot. Um, so sex trafficking, it's the fastest growing crime in the world. And okay. if you're in the car right now, don't you don't have to change the channel. We're not going to cross any lines if you've got kids in the back seat. But it's real. It's happening. It, it just is. doesn't happen in New Orleans or, or Los Angeles or New York City. It happens in Erie, Pennsylvania, and it happens in Du Bois, Iowa, and it happens in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. It it's from coast to coast, Mike. Mm. It's in our backyards. It's down in our schoolyards. It's in, I mean, you can, you can expound of how people, young people are duped into this or connected into this. It's, it's happening. So let's talk about that a little bit. So families with teenagers, mainly girls, sometimes boys, but mainly girls, um, there's so there's apps out there that 
can be hidden from the parents. Parents, you need to know what your kids have on their phones. That's it. Come on. There's filters that you can purchase. There's there's ways that you can monitor and manage the phone usage. But the number one way, people think it's abductions, and that that's a part of it. But it's abductions and runaways. But really, one of the largest ways that kids are being caught up in the trafficking is that they're lured into false belief of someone caring for them, showing them attention. But they're using social apps. They're using gaming sites. Mm. You know, gaming sites, Mike. And, and so parents and grandparents, if we're not aware of this, don't just think this happens to somebody else. I know people personally, personally, Mike, whose children have been taken for a week or a month and have been trafficked. And it's horrific. Mm. And the healing that has to take place for everyone, oh my gosh, church, hear me loud and clear. Mm. And maybe you don't go to church and you just happen to stumble on this podcast or you're listening on, on a radio station. Sex trafficking is real. Do your homework. Know where your kids are spending time on the internet, on their phones, because there are people out there using those sources or resources to, uh, to reach out to the kids. Learn how to look at their devices and learn how to look at their the activity that they've that they've done. Follow and, and, and don't be parents don't be like, well, you know, obviously your kids are gonna say, Well, that's mine. I mean that, that give me my space. I'm growing up. I'm I'm okay. They're gonna try to go. say all of that stuff to you. Say, No, I'm I'm your parents and just look into what they're sure. looking at. You're gonna save their lives in the long run, possibly. So ministries out there, they build, they need facilities built so they can provide the emotional, physical, and spiritual support for someone rescued from trafficking. And we've done six of them, Mike. Mm-hmm. We've worked with multiple organizations. I think of the Refuge down in Austin, mm. the largest underage, uh, the minor facility in the world. Um, beautiful facility led by some amazing people. I think about Elijah Rising in Houston, uh, Mike and the team down there. I know we did uh, mm. a huge project for Frank and Linda Reich, Frank is the coach of the Colts. Him and Linda are dear friends of, 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 of us and, and, and the ministry of Eight Days of Hope. You know, we, we did something in Northeast Mississippi, and we have, we have one coming up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota next, Mike, next month, Mike, called Call to Freedom. That's going to be, I'm sorry, in October, two months. October, Not right. We just moved it because of some building supplies. But why are these safe places needed, Mike? Well, when a young lady or you know, uh is rescued they they're just their whole life is shattered they need to start all over they need to have the comfort in the in the safe a safe environment and sometimes they need to learn some basic skills you know mm-hmm. how, how to you know how, diet how, how to eat properly i mean this might not, not sound much how to get acclimated back into society that you're not fearful always looking over your shoulder it's stability it's giving them a, a brand new life a fresh start and you have to do it in a controlled environment like that, where they have medical attention, they have counselors, they have those that will, uh, will pray with them, and, and give them biblical instructions how to rebuild their life. You know, think about it. Someone who's been rescued, their ID's been stolen. They've been, if they have children, they've been separated from their children. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the projects we're going to be doing in October, called a Freedom in Sioux Falls, they're building a 13,000 square foot facility that will have multiple apartments with one, two, and three bedrooms. Wow. And so if someone gets rescued and they don't have their ID and, you know, maybe, you know, they've been 
uh, lured and, and tricked into drug usage or alcohol usage to numb the pain or to keep them captive. They've got to work through that. And then when they're finally doing decent and can start making progress, they don't have the monies to, to rent an apartment to get their kids back wherever mm-hmm. their kids are at. And so uh, we're really excited about this project. If you're a professional roofing company, if you uh, know how to hang fiber cement, install windows, email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com. We'd love to plug you in. There is a background check on that arm of the ministry, but you can serve for a week or two weeks in October, from October 2nd to October 16th. Mm-hmm. Again, emails at safehouse and 8daysofhope.com. And Mike, to do all that we do, we do need to raise monies okay. to, to do those things. Mm-hmm. And so just want to remind listeners that if you're intrigued by the ministry of 8 Days of Hope, go to the website. You can make a donation online. It's 100 pass through to the arm that you want it to be because we have partners that cover our fixed cost. But if, if you want to help support our initiative with Call to Freedom, you can make a one-time donation, become a monthly partner online. You can mail a check at P.O. Box 3208. That's 3208, Tupelo, Mississippi, 38803. We're ECFA certified. Uh, we have independent audits. We have an amazing board that um, are, are very wise. And I love, Mike, what God has allowed 80s Hope to do over the last 16 years. And it is. It's, it's, a, it's a team of, uh, well, 181 volunteer leaders. And you mentioned about the board. I mean, there's such a diversity of backgrounds on the board of directors. When any issue comes up, whether it's a financial issue or a personal issue or uh, a personnel issue, they, they know how to uh, yeah. uh, 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 approach that in, in a positive, very, powerful way. Very wise, you know, some, some of the board members, um, which, which is exciting. But hey, thank you for joining Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Not the easiest thing to talk about, I get it. But we're going to be talking in just a couple minutes with a pastor in a church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Their city a year ago, this month, this next week, had a, a freakish windstorm called a derocho. Uh, over 100 mile power winds for multiple hours, 35,000 trees toppled and, and toppled. And Eight Days of Hope, we were there a year ago. We're going back next week. We'll be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa from August 14th through August 21st. More information, go to the website, 8daysofhope.com. Hey, when we come back in a minute, we're going to be talking to Brian Pingle. He's the lead pastor of um, Cedar Rapids First Assembly of God, and uh, he'll be partnering and helping us do what we do next week. So really excited about that. When we come back, we'll be talking to Brian, but you're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of 8 Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is supported by a combination of donations from listeners and business partners like Provia. Provia is a manufacturer of residential doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. Provia is committed to serving their customers and sharing Christ in order to let our light shine before others so they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. More about Provia and their products at provia.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have served over 7,000 families after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. At Eight Days of Hope, we travel coast to coast in the name of Jesus to minister to the brokenhearted. For more information, as always, please visit our website, 8daysofhope.com. Eight Days of Hope is now located in three different areas around the country. 
Our national headquarters is located in Tupelo, Mississippi. Our Northeast satellite is in Buffalo, New York, and our Midwest satellite just opened up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God has provided three facilities for us to respond on a moment's notice to love and serve those in need. We would love to add additional monthly partners as we continue to grow. If you're interested in supporting 8 Days of Hope, please click on the Donate tab on our website at 8daysofhope.com. Please consider supporting 8 Days of Hope today. Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tyra hanging out with my friend, Mike Fiella. Whenever we get on the air, Mike, you're always, just that look, you're trying to get me to laugh or you kind of mess me up. What's up with that, brother? Well, no, I just see you, um, you know, we're concentrating on what we're going to do next, but then when that microphone gets turned on, yeah. you get the smile from ear to ear. It's just infectious and I just want to, uh, yeah, it's great. I love, love, love that God allows us to share God-sized stories in 200 different markets across America yes. every Saturday. Thank you for joining us. You can listen to past broadcast on our website at 8dayshope.com. Uh, we also have a, a podcast on Apple, iTunes, and somewhere else, Mike, on YouTube now. We're on our yes. YouTube channel. They just started that recently, too. So um, mm-hmm. they're not watching us on YouTube. I guess they're listening to us on listening, YouTube. Listening, okay. yeah. Glad they can't see us this morning. But anyways, hey, Mike, I'm really excited about this next guest. I told yes. you earlier, when you meet people and there's an instant connection, you know, people right. with a big heart, mm-hmm. they like to get things done. They just don't want to talk about it. I mean, they're willing to pray about it and do pray about it, but then they want to start to move. Yes. Um, this guy is one of them. Brian Pinkle, he's the lead pastor of uh, Cedar Rapids First Assembly of God. Met him uh, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, I met him uh, after the Derocho. Matter of okay. fact, let's bring him up. Brian, good morning. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Grateful to talk to you. So, Brian, you just got in at like one in the morning from a, a trip down south, and you still said yes to join us. <laughs> thank you, brother. God thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. No, my honor to be able to do this and talk to people about how we just encourage each other and bring out the best each other, no matter the circumstances we're in. Boy, talk about circumstances. A year ago, Brian. Well, you know, let's do this. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about Brian, uh, your your family, your wife, your kids your church, um, how long you've been there, and then we're going to go to what happened a year ago. But let's start there. Sure. Yeah, my wife and I are just celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary. Um, we teased people we were six when we got married, so it <laughs> by, by quick. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been on just an adventure with God in, in a way that's been unique. I'm pastored in uh, Midwest primarily, but I was also a, a university professor for 10 years, um, just investing in students and uh, helping the next generation 
be ready to, to do what God has called them to do and equipped them to do. And uh, about five years ago, God called us to to come here to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It's an 80-year-old church. It's been around. It's a great, great legacy church, great people, great community. And uh, we, we were here, and uh, we got our children are grown now. Um, our youngest is in college this first year with uh, all the pandemic college. That's, mm-hmm. that's a whole different topic mm-hmm. of conversation. Sure. But uh, we, we're just excited about an opportunity to be here. We love here. We, we fell in love with this community. You know how God does that. God puts a heart in the community for you. And, you know, we're planted or we're, we're here for, for life. And, um, and, and so what happened last year was, uh, was, was quite an interesting thing to, to solidify and to, to bring a lot of things together. So, Brian, talk a little bit about, I mean, I, I know the background of, of being a pastor, being one myself, and uh, in the church, all your responsibilities, all of a sudden, as Derocho hits, and how does that, I mean, explain a little bit how that radically changes your outreach and your life and your family and your church members. Uh, talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, so, you know, August 10th, uh, last year, we had 140-mile-an-hour winds hit our community for an hour. And it, we were really were the epicenter. The derecho went from kind of started in Des Moines, but went all the way through to Indiana. But we were the, the epicenter of where that hit. And it was unreal just to be in the middle of the storm, to watch the roof of our church building, good-sized building, and just watching the roof pieces just blow across the field. Um, and realizing pretty quick that this is more than just a regular storm. And the impact of it is going to be a whole lot more significant. Uh, power out for two weeks, um, being able to try to communicate with people, you know, no, no cell reception, trying to connect with people. We, we had gas lines break on the church so we could smell from around the block and the, you know, mm. emergency crew couldn't get to us. You know, so there's all those things that happened, but I think the thing that really clicked immediately for when that happened, God just kind of spoke to me and said, this is the time for the church to be the church. Mm. Uh, That is really the goal. We don't, we we tell our people all the time, we don't come to church, we are the church, and church really begins after the service ends. So when all that happened, the message went out quickly, don't worry, because people are like, well, what about the church? How's the church doing? Right. 100% of our community, every home had damage. Mm. Everybody had damage. So the, the message was really, you go take care of your home, your family, and your neighbors. Let God take care of his building. Um, it's just a building, you know, and that was really the key. So we jumped in, and so communication became a huge challenge, but also a need. You know, how are we communicating positivity, um, hope, realism? Uh, how are we trying to connect people who need um significant issues our staff pretty much became a hub central uh, we changed our job description every day we couldn't meet in our church building our church building suffered six right. million dollars mm-hmm. worth of damage so we're we're finding temporary locations i'm calling other pastors in town we're connecting as much as we can so it, it goes into really fast speed but i think what we learned was that you help you have to trust your relationship and you have to lean on each other and, and just make sure that you get simple lines of communication going. Um, you know, we, for the church-wise, there's lots I could say about it. We, we ended up being in a tent for six weeks outside until it got too cold uh, to meet in outside anymore. And 
um, God just provided great resources and other situations to come through. So, yeah, it changed everything on top mm. of, you know, everything else that's been going on in our world. Um, that was an added piece. And uh, we're still digging out. We're still, we're still uh, quite a ways before we're back in our building. Um, I think we're about $6 million. It's probably going to be around the total price ticket when all is said and done. Oh, wow. Talking to Brian Pingle, he's the pastor, lead pastor of Cedar Rapids First Assembly of God. And you're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope where we share God-sized stories from the mission field. And boy, Brian, you had a mission field there because of the storm last August 10th. I'll never forget. So we were in Cedar Rapids, Mike, to refresh Mm -hmm. your memory. In 2008, at the end of the year, they had a flood. And we took, gosh, um, 12, 1,400 volunteers Mm. there and and helped 140 families rebuild their homes because of that flood. But this was a a storm. In, In fact, Brian, when the phone rang and someone called me and did you, and they said did you hear about the derocho in cedar rapids i'm like what are you talking about and what is that i mean i never even heard of a storm like that because you're talking about really brian inland hurricane winds in right. cedar rapids and i know right now there's people listening in alabama or new york or or michigan and saying first of all we never even heard of that type of storm and number two we didn't hear thing that anything like this happened in Cedar Rapids a year ago. So mm-hmm. tell the listeners a little bit about what is it like to be living in a community where the winds were 140 miles per hour that went for 60 to 90 minutes. Yeah, it, and we never heard about it either before. So it's not like it's a common, a common thing. Um, I, I heard there was a warning for one this summer um, just up in actually Milwaukee area, and but I don't think it manifested, but it's, it was a new concept for us, and and it is. It's not what you expect, you know. But that's just kind of the nature of it. It's an unexpected tragedy that hits and and comes. Um, it, yeah, the force of the wind was unprecedented. Our, our personal home, we didn't have a, a significant, like huge damage, a couple thousand dollars, but my wife's car was totaled uh, because of debris from the mm. church's roof. Um, just pelted the car enough that we had to total the car out, you know, and that, that was the case over and over again. It really, what you saw were trees that could survive 20 minutes, but 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes, they just started snapping. Trees that are hundreds of years old were just losing massive limbs or uprooting, and it was the trees falling on homes and the trees falling on power lines and across roads that really created the damage uh, you couldn't get from one part of the town to the other part of town. You, people were stuck in neighborhoods for quite a while, uh, so chainsaws became very, yeah. very needed immediately mm, sure. uh, as we were digging out. Um, you know, I, I have a, a friend that had a roof collapse on him, and uh, you know, I'd have a couple surgeries on his eye, and and it was it was significant. We still have people in our in our church that just talked to recently that are still waiting. Um, on a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of repairs for their mm. home. And uh, wow. you know, people kind of think, it, well, it hit and it's over. Well, yeah. no, it, the impact with these kind of things is, is devastating. And it's more, I think, than a tornado. We've had tornadoes around here. That's a path. And like even like you said, the flood was, was awful here, but it was a limited area. Yeah, it was a neighborhood. This was, that, this was every home. Right. Every person right. had it. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget rolling in, and again, after we got the call about the Durocho in Cedar Rapids, and again, this storm happened last year, and we're going there to Cedar Rapids. Uh, Brian, we'll get in a minute, but next week, August 14th to the 21st, 
Eight Days of Hope will be bringing in uh, both of our lifts, some Bobcats and, and 60 to 80 uh, red cutters, Mike, and red mm-hmm. cutters for Eight Days of Hope are guys and ladies that can cut trees that are hanging over houses, and okay. they're called widow makers, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, just because they're still out there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still right. families still waiting for some assistance. There's a lot of stumps of trees that were taken down, you know, widows having stumps that need to be grounded, uh, grinded up, right. yeah, to be taken out. And again, more information, go to the website, 8daysofhope.com. But it wasn't just the trees, Brian. It was the fact that, you know, we were trying to get up there so we can set up home base. We set up um, another part of town, St. Mark's Lutheran Church, but there was no power. I mean, the power right. was out, which affected the cell tone phone, uh, which affected the, the fuel pumps. People don't realize when a disaster comes through and you start losing power, it affects a lot more mm-hmm. than just the light in your house. Yeah, and, and I think you, you see the differentiation in the community, too, because there are some areas of any community that have means and some that don't. And it tends to be, um, as soon as you've got it, maybe somebody found a generator for their home, it can be easy to forget about the parts of the city where it's not. And what we found was, like, in the community, because the older part of towns where power lines were all above ground versus now they're doing a lot more underneath ground, our older part of the community was without power for weeks. Mm. And that was the area that needed help the most. Right. And so I know, you know, as you came in and other organizations came in, it was how do we coordinate there with lack of communication at times because cell phone wasn't sure. available. People driving a couple hours to go get gasoline, to go get groceries, to go get food, because nothing was available in our immediate community. Um, but you could drive about two hours, an hour and a half, and and get the resources that you need, but not everyone could do that. And so you really had to work to come together as a community and uh, was just thrilled to be a part of what our community did, how people responded, and really how things work together. But there's still a significant amount of work to be done. So, Pastor Brian, let me ask you, um, August 14th through 21st, there will be eight days of hope coming to your area. What is your church going to look like with this many volunteers coming in? Well, they won't be meeting at our church, so St. Mark's, again, is, is great. They are been fantastic. Um, but I think it's uh, it, we're just excited. We're so grateful for people coming together and really our community coming together again. Um, you, you work kind of in triage mode for a little bit, and then you, you work to rebuild, and then coming back again to address some of those needs that have kind of gotten forgotten. And to be able to, to reach to those people that maybe don't have the means or didn't have the connections and didn't have the, the family. But that's where I think the church can come in in such a beautiful way. Amen. That's mm-hmm. so different than anything else, because we see um, who Jesus sees. Amen. And we see those people that sometimes are forgotten or overlooked or not in the normal you know, vein of, of everybody else's path. And that's what days and opportunities like this, what I'm really looking forward to coming in, uh, that we can help each other and, and really bring love and hope and let people know you're not forgotten because God sees you regardless of what you're going through. Yeah, one of the things that we always share here is it's, you know, whenever there's a disaster, it's a perfect time for the church to shine, not necessarily for that individual church, but for the church as a whole. 
um, you know, God's people. And, you know, next week, Mike, uh, when volunteers show up from around the country, they'll be based in a church, but we'll be working with many churches mm-hmm. who have submitted names like Pastor Brian's church. Sure. So I'll, this is kind of how we, 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 we kind of put it together. Um, there's an organization called Serve the City, and they work with a couple dozen churches. And then we have some relationship with churches from back in 08 and back since we launched our Midwest satellite there last year. We're going to give churches an opportunity to send in a couple names of people they know that still need assistance. And these are maybe families who have fallen through the cracks, don't have the means, uh, maybe their tree, uh, they didn't have insurance. And and so we're going to serve dozens of families that have been nominated or recommended by churches. We always want to work through the church. You know that. It's always about the local church. And so, you know, that's going to be the process. Now there are two days next weekend where on Saturday and Sunday, We'll be serving with local volunteers in the inner city parks that maybe haven't gotten all the attention they've needed since the storm. So regardless if you're a professional chainsaw person and maybe you're living a couple hours away and you want to venture down for a day, again, more information, go to the website, 8daysofhope.com. Brian, your church has gone through a lot. I know we got to go to break, so I'm going to just kind of keep this short. Your church has gone through a lot. We'll talk about that after after the break, but do you ever feel like why me? Why us? No, um, I think it's one of those things that happen. I mean, it's hard. I, this is this has been hard, but I don't think it's those things that you have to say that why did God do this to us? I think it's why did God allow something for us mm. to do something through us? Because that's really what I felt is there's a there's a new thing that can happen through this that we wouldn't been able to approach any other way. So no, I don't, there hasn't been any, any sense of blame. Has it been hard? Absolutely. Um, but we know that God works all things together and we work with him. Um, it doesn't mean that there isn't work <laughs> involved mm-hmm. in the process. And, uh, so we work with him through these, situation so that his glory can be seen through it. Amen. Amen. Talking to Brian Pingle, he's the pastor of Cedar Rapids First Assembly of God. A year ago, they had a wicked windstorm come through, and this is the year anniversary this next week. Uh, I think what Monday or Tuesday will be the year anniversary. Next weekend, Eight Days of Hope will be deploying volunteers to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, to bring relief to some families a year after the fact. And when we come back from the break, we'll just talk a little bit about the progress that has happened in Cedar Rapids and what a community goes through uh, after a disaster like this. But hey, thank you for joining us today. Steve Tiber, hanging out with Mike Fiello. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is thankful for ministry partners like Provia, a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia's mission is to serve by caring for details, and each employee strives to do that every day. Provia combines automation and human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More about Provia's mission and products at Provia.com, P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives, even children. Did you know the average age of a child who's trafficked in America is 12 years old? 
eight Days of Hope has decided to be a part of the solution with the body of Christ around the country. It's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters in our country, and that's a good thing, but there's less than 1,000 safe places for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking to go to. I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and end this human tragedy. At 8 Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry, and for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House construction ministry, please email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. I heard your heart, I see your pain Out in the dark, out in the rain Feel so alone, feel so afraid I heard you pray Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tiber hanging out with Mike Fiala. Our guest today, Mike, is Brian Pingle. He's a pastor, the lead pastor of Cedar Rapids First Assembly of God. Mm -hmm. A year ago, their community was turned upside Mm -hmm. down. Mike, you've been a pastor for, I I believe, a couple decades, and you've never lived through a disaster Mm -hmm. like this. Pastoring is hard by itself. How yeah. does a how does a pastor and thankfully you've met a lot of pastors now mm-hmm. who have had to go through a disaster? But what goes through your mind as a is a, a pastor? And I don't say ex pastor because you're always pastoring. But mm-hmm. what's what's going through your mind when you're hearing Brian speak? Well, one thing, uh, doing a little bit of uh, looking on the website uh, for the church, uh, the pastor has such a. Uh, perspective, and I and I want to say this, Pastor Brian, you have such a perspective on what what would Jesus do. We always use that buzz phrase, but you know what Jesus would do. You stop, you think it through, and uh, then then you just get to work, and you you are a unifier. You pull people together. I mean, my my initial thought when and stuff with him is, how am I going to help these people? That's mm. a, that's our initial mm-hmm. heart. I want to reach out to my my congregation, not only my congregation, but my congregation. How do I motivate them when they're going through this to reach out to the person next to them? And that that has to be done. And Brian, you did that because you gave uh, again. Thank you for joining us, Brian. But you did that by giving your your congregation clear direction. Take care of home base. That's it. Take care of your neighbors. And at that point, 
we'll see what God does about the church. So you gave him the freedom because sometimes some of us, we almost kind of get filled mm-hmm. with guilt and shame. Like, you know, I should be helping everyone in the world. It's like, no, wait, take care of your bride, your family sure. first, you know, help out those in your neighborhood that don't have the means or the equipment. But boy, you, you provided clear leadership right out of the gate, Brian. I appreciate that. It it was something just, you know, when you're in those moments, you have to be prepared for it. And, you know, it's it's what's in you ahead of time that does come out. And that that had been kind of our heartbeat as a church. We'd been turning kind of a an old boat and the big piece that God had been saying is, you no, know, be be neighbors, be involved in your community, be invested in, in the people that are around you. Even if they don't give you anything in return, be invested in them because that's what God calls us to do is to shine his light in the midst of of the the world that we live in. And uh, I think too many times churches kind of go, hey, we're we're going to bring what's right to the community. And what we really try to do is say, how do we join with what is right with the community mm, and like celebrate that. it? Because most of the people in our communities love our communities. They love their city. And, you know, we jumped in and, and got invited into all the city responses. And I think the reason we were as a church and for myself to be invited in, because I love the city and I applauded the people that were doing hard work and we, we celebrated them and we brought and you brought value to the community. And it opens up doors of opportunities that we never would have had um, to bring hope and light and life um, if, if we would have had any other approach. And uh, and I'll say too, what was beautiful is then other churches came and helped our church property because oh. they were like, we don't know what to do. So they came from out of town, churches that came from wow. out of town, we don't know what to do. And there really wasn't a path right away for them to go into homes. And so then they just took care of our church property. So when I said, you know, take care of your homes, take care of your family, take care of your neighbors, let God take care of his building. He did. He really did. I love how, I love how God shows up right after disaster. There's a lot of organizations out there like Eight Days of Hope. You know, we, we always tell people we're one of many. Now we, we we can be a little bit unique at times, especially on the rebuild trips with the amount of volunteers that we take. But what I loved about being in Cedar Rapids after the Derocho is, you know, I see people that I know and I trust, like Samaritan's Purse and Mercy Chefs and, and Convoy of Hope and and others, um, you know, Church of the Highlands, so many friends that, that we 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 kind of do ministry, maybe not together minute by minute, but an arm length away. But because there's no one church, you know, First Assembly of God in Cedar Rapids can't be the only church to help the community through this. You, the other churches, you know, need to do their part. But here's the phrase I'm getting to, Brian: We're better together. When, when we set aside our differences. Now, you know, we do things different than Samaritan's Purse. doesn't mean we're right and they're wrong or vice versa. We do it different. But we're better when we together. serve a community together mm-hmm. than trying to be it all about us and, and do it our own way. Brian, what have you learned from the disaster of working with other churches? Because not every—please don't hear this the wrong way, listeners. Not every church gets that. They don't. Not every ministry gets that. And, and there are some days that we probably need to work at that. But what, what, what have you learned during this, uh, this trial of, of churches that are willing to work and those maybe who have kind of kept their distance? Yeah, I think, you know, some of it really comes down to, and it's hard to say, um, but we as church leaders have to make sure we're not worried about who gets the credit. And way, way too often what you kind of can run into is, well, as long as our name is known or this is what we're doing here at our location, as opposed to how do we share with each other? How do we help each other? How do we cross denominational lines 
um, in a disaster, there is no lines, you know, right. it is just showing, so in love. And that's what we saw when things started becoming very effective and really seeing people being helped is when it didn't matter, um, what church parking lot somebody was parked in. It was, Hey, who can help? Who's got facilities? Who can do this? Who can do that? And, uh, yeah, yeah, there are churches that do say no. Um, Hey, we got our own thing going. Um, but when churches are willing to lay aside, Hey, we don't need credit. And that's what I've loved about, you know, working with you, Steve, and all the other organizations, everyone came in and there was a synergy. Um, we were complementary parts of the body. Uh, we, we couldn't just be one one arm, you know, in the community. We had complementary parts when a disaster of that size hit uh, to re, just to be even to begin to come and stabilize. And and it was it's encouraging when the churches do that, realize this is not about our name. This is not about our brand. Right. This is not about what our people have done. This is about what the kingdom of God is going to do and how, how it's going to shine bright. That's when the church looks the most beautiful to the outside world, too, um, when, when they see it. it's a city on a hill that can't be hidden at that point. Amen. Amen. So you're really talking about the motive of, of why you do what you do. And that's what motivates you to get out and serve. It's not about us. It's really what would what would Jesus do and how 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 do we be the hands and feet uh, into the community is what I'm hearing you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the, the follow-up phrase of what would Jesus do has been lately, he would love first. And uh, that that dynamic of of love in action, you know, that we, we pray for our community, but we also work towards what we're praying about. Um, and we can pray for those that are hurting in our community, but then we roll up our sleeves and go to those that are hurting and, and care for them. And uh, it's powerful how God works, you know, through Amen. through those areas that we're praying for, and then we, we see it and we become the that extension of what He wants to do. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. EightDaysOfHope.com is the website. We travel the country on a minute's notice and help families after natural disasters. A year ago, we were in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, because of a crazy once-in-a-lifetime windstorm, and we're going back next week. We'll be there from August 14th to the 21st. First of all, I'm going to ask you to pray. Pray for the volunteers, for the churches, for the families that um, are, are, will be we will be serving. Um, uh, consider volunteering. If you live locally, uh, we're doing an outreach in the inner city parks on the 14th and 15th. Uh, donate. We have, we have not yet raised a penny for this outreach, but we know that God will provide. He's Jehovah gyro but we just started to let that need be known as well so you can donate online at 8daysofhope.com brian um talking to pastor brian pingle the uh, lead pastor of the cedar rapids first assembly of god you said something sometimes we as believers complicate things i say this all the time you know i've, I've heard so many people preach and brother i've actually Watch one of your sermons, man you can bring it i'll tell you good job i love it but but brian the best sermons I've ever heard are the sermons I see. It's when people keep it simple. Love God, love others. I get it. 66 books. You know, you've, you've done the seminary thing. Theology, you know, you, you know, you're way smarter than I am. But I can't, I do understand that simple phrase of loving God and loving others. Why is it so important next week when volunteers show up in Cedar Rapids? Why is it so important in your community to be showing love? Man, there's it's 
it's it's so critical because it does represent who who Jesus is and how he connects that that everybody matters and everybody's valuable. Mm. Well, we say it all the time, but when you when you go and meet someone that you are giving them something that that they can give you nothing in return and you're doing it with because you love them and with mm. a smile on your face with joy, uh you know that was a thing that people I think differentiated a lot of things in the response of the storm is who was able to respond with peace in their heart. Because when you have peace in your heart, because you know who you stand in, it brings a joy that isn't phony. It's not just pure, you know, um, emotionalism or, or that's just a happy person. Um, (laughs) Not something right with them. They're too happy happy all the time. (laughs) I am not one of those people. Like that's by nature, not me. Um, But when you know that you're walking in his, his what he's laid out that he's with you there's a confidence and a peace and you can have a peace even that can bring joy when the circumstances around you don't merit that and that speaks volumes to a world that has not given their lives to jesus Hmm. because they don't see that they they see fear they see um you know fight for your own stuff just take care of your own thing because other people are going to try to take advantage of you and, and that level of, maybe use the word altruism, right, where you give what you right. can't get in return, um, is, is, is unique. It's not just giving money, it's giving heart, it's giving time. And time and heart and smiles and hope are way more valuable than money uh, to people for eternity. And, and that's a, a key factor. I love that. I might steal mm-hmm. that from you, and I mean, I, I might give you credit, but but I, I love what you just <laughs> yeah. shared there. I love it. Um, the website is crfirst, crfirst dot org, I believe, right for Cedar Rapids. First, okay, good. Talking to Pastor Brian Pingle, Cedar Rapids First Assembly of God, brother. We appreciate the light that you have been in Cedar Rapids, you and your church, uh, and I know there's others. I, I mean, I, I get that, but there. Many. When I think about the couple people, um, your name is always on that very short list of really wanting to see a difference and be willing to have skin in the game, not, not just resources, but but with time and passion and communication and, and, and sharing that with people that God has given you influence over. But I just want to say thank you for who you are in Jesus and who you are in Cedar Rapids, because um, you are, every time I come in town, if I ever get a chance to see you, I'm a better person when I leave because you're you're an amazing leader and can't wait to see you next week. Hopefully you're going to be around at least for a day or two. I know that I'm bringing two of my daughters in, um, Pastor, awesome. to do some work. So they're going to get to serve with their dad. We don't get to do that that often, but we're going to be doing that next week. That's awesome. Yeah. Those girls are going to love it. They will have. Elisa yeah. and Emma. Yeah. Hey, uh, last thing before we leave. How's your church, the building? What's the prognosis of, I mean, you're a month away, three years away. What does it look like? Yeah, we're we're hoping to be about two months away from okay. being back in the sanctuary. Um, yeah, when when that storm happened in August and in February, we were still finding water and electrical conduit. Oh man, uh, you know it's mm. a it's a it's oh. a significant issue. Um, so we're we're getting closer to that piece of it. We're going to be build. We're going to still be repairing and building. Um, and it's going to cost a lot out over and above insurance mm. for the church. But that's I'm mean, probably a couple million by the time we're done because we're going <laughs> to add a couple other pieces uh but it's for probably a year and a half yet so it's a not a not a small piece 
Um, but we're hoping to be at least back in the sanctuary and not just meeting in our, our kids' room, which we have been for about the better part of the year. And uh, the, But the church is responding great, um, and, you know, people are, are dealing with a lot of things. So I appreciate everyone's prayers for our community, for, for our church, and, um, you know, just for provision and all those things that you, you work through. And, Steve, I'm so grateful for what you guys have done with um, Eight Days of Hope. It really, you guys have been a blessing in our community in so many different ways. And so it's so grateful to, to work alongside and call you guys friend. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you for those kind words. And maybe today you're listening and you want to sow into uh, a church that to no fault of their own is in a really unique spot. You know, here we are a year later. Again, you go to the website, see our first C-R-F-I-R-S-T, crfirst.org, Cedar Rapids First Assembly of God. You know, Mike, you and I, we've seen so many churches over the last 16 years during our times of serving with Eight Days of Hope, mm-hmm. where a church on one day, just their their church gets turned upside down. Yes. And what a disheartening feeling seeing some of those churches, but also hearing people like Pastor Brian and his Absolutely. heartbeat for the community, that, that's encouraging as well. It is. And, uh, you know, Pastor Brian, we're going to be praying for you and your wife, Christy, and everything that you're, you're doing in that community. Um the word that comes to my mind is connector. You are a connector. You are connecting people in the midst of disaster. And a leader like you is, we just thank God for Amen. you. And let's Amen. have a word of prayer for yeah, now. Please. Can we do that? Yeah, I know ahead, we'll Mike. be closing soon. Father, we thank you for Pastor Brian. We thank you for just as the inspiration he is to us, even as we have this interview today, into his community, into his church. And Lord, how casually he says, oh, a few million dollars. But God, <laughs> we, we, we know his heart. We know that you'll provide that few million yes, and you'll provide labors. Lord, I thank you for the spirit in that community that's ushered through uh, Pastor Brian, uh, that you'll just continue to unify it and let this outreach it between August 14th and the 21st just go in in such a way that things are cleaned up and people are coming to Christ as a result of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for your time, brother. I can't wait to see you next week, and uh, we'll definitely find a way to connect. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you. Appreciate it. God bless. Honored for the time. Yeah, God bless you. Brian Pingle, the lead pastor of Cedar Rapids First Assembly of God uh, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Thank you, Brian. Mike, um, mm. love that guy. Just, yes. I mean, again, he uh, he thinks of others first, and he has probably been, there, there's you know, himself, and I can think of one other individual who's really tried their best to help mm-hmm. Eight Days of Hope. And, and to work with others to try to make a difference. And right. sometimes things go easy and sometimes they don't, but he doesn't give up. And and here we are. We're heading there next week, August sure. 14th to the 21st. Pray, volunteer, donate. Go to the website, 8daysofhope.com. But this isn't just a three-month recovery. I mean, Mike, we're a year into it. This is a year. And, and he's still two more months out before he can have church in his building. And and again, I already said a turn in a prayer, but just a casual, oh, a, few, a couple of million dollars yeah, will, will right. be put together. Well, that to you and I, that that that's a lot. It Anybody, is, that's a lot. a lot. But it, his just his his he's a solid rock, and his focus is connection. Connect the community. Connect. Keep the people connected in his church in the midst of this. And he's doing a fantastic job. God's using him in a powerful way in that community. You know, it's it's amazing to me, Mike, because 
he didn't even bring up his house had damage. Well, he no, he did. He mentioned his house had damage, right. had some damage. Every single home. Think about the community you're listening to today. Maybe today you're listening in Kansas City, Kansas, or in your Nashville, Tennessee. Think about every home in your mm. community. Every home, no exceptions. Every home has it's damage. Some, something, yeah. And it wasn't just the trees on the houses. It was the trees across the roads, and you can't get down roads, and the power's out. And yet the news, they talked about it one night. I think one network had mm-hmm. like a 10-second you know, uh, show on, story on it. But but no one's talking about it, and the need is still there. But Eight Days Hope is Going will be there next week from August 14th to August 21st. If you are a, a chainsaw professional, you're, you're really good. You're like Edward Scissor's hands with a chainsaw. You remember that movie? I do. You're old. You're well, like me. Well. You're old. Anyways, yeah, if, if that's you, um, you know, let us know. Go to the Absolutely. website, 8 and say, hey, I want to come out there for a couple of days. It's free. We're going to feed you really good, give you a safe place to sleep, and you'll leave exhausted, but your heart will be full. You're going to meet new family. You'll have a new family by the time you're done. You meet new family members that uh, anytime you go across the U.S., you're going to be in some state <laughs> that you're going to know someone from the eight days it's of amazing. whole family. It's, it's amazing. Great. We already have, I think, volunteers from like 23 states going to Cedar Rapids, so we're excited for that. But again, thank you, Brian. Mike, we only got a couple minutes. Um, this is the perfect time for us to encourage listeners to consider sowing into the ministry of eight days of hope. We have a way that you can become a monthly partner. So we have 14 national partners. They cover our fixed cost. So if you donate to eight days of hope, every dollar you give, will be used to serve those in need 100, I mean 100% pass through. So you can become a monthly partner, go to the website, click the donate button, and you can sign up for a $5, $10, $25, $50 monthly donation, any amount you want, any amount you want, and know that those dollars will be used on a moment's notice. And Mike, the -hmm. need is real, and we've already been to Kentucky this year, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Iowa, New York, uh, we're going to South Dakota. It's been a busy, busy start to the year. And we don't know what's around the corner. Uh, this is, what, hurricane season? Yeah, the waters are pretty warm, Mike, and we're keeping our eyes on, on some things as, as they develop even as we sure. speak. I mean, it's every week it's watching a tropical storm and trying to figure out how you're going to have to move equipment and people to you know Lake Charles, Louisiana, or Panama City, or Destin, Florida, or Gulfport, you know, Alabama. And that's why it's so important for people to sign up for our email alerts on our website at 8daysofhope.com. And folks, we're going to go. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Yeah. We're going to go. Uh, many times we step out when the finances are not there. No, we always yet. go, Mike. We're going. Yeah. So yeah, even you know we make decisions to go before we even raise a penny because that's who God provides. That's it. He's provided. You know, how do you help seven thousand families rebuild their homes for free mm. um, if you're just going to wait for the finances to come in? <laughs> that is not how you can't wait for a disaster. A hurricane comes. We'll be there in three months when we raise the money. No, no. We're and going. think about it for free, for free. I love that, for free. You, you, well, you like free anyways. So. <laughs> anyways. Yes, I do. We have about 30 seconds. Um, when you think of Pastor Brian, I know you use the word connect. Is there anything else you want to take away from today's conversation? You know, I, he's one of these guys that I, in my own heart, say, I want to be more like that. Mm. I really do. Uh, I want to be able to look outside of my circumstances and look at other people. And that's 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 what it, that's what we need to do. Look look at we can get out of our circumstances as bad as they are by helping others. The word that comes to me 
is patience, which I struggle with, right? Being patient okay. when you see someone in need. Maybe sometimes people just want to talk. Mm. Sometimes we complicate things. Um, maybe we don't have to. Mm. Good. That's Thank good. you for joining Hope Reigns. Uh, we are so thankful for you. We'll be back here next Saturday. Again, sign up for our email alerts. Pray, volunteer, donate. We're going to Cedar Rapids next week. But until then, you've been listening to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Thanks for listening to Hope Reigns from Eight Days of Hope. Come back next week for more God-sized stories from across the country. To listen to this or a previous episode of Hope Reigns, please visit our show archive at 8daysofhope.com.